Psalm 10:16. The Lord is king forever and ever. The nations perish from his land. Verse 16 starts the conclusion of Psalm 10, the declaration of trust. So just to recap where we've been, there's a proclamation of distress in verses 1 and 2. And then an unpacking of the wickedness of the wicked person in verses 3 to 11. And then the psalmist makes a plea for vindication and deliverance in verses 12 to 15. And then finally concludes this psalm with a declaration of trust in verses 16 to 18. So the psalmist says in verse 16 that Yahweh, the Lord, is king forever and for eternity, forever and ever. The nations perish from his land. And that is the ground on which the psalmist can stand. The psalmist is entrusting himself to God's sovereign authoritative rule. And he's going to go on to say that Yahweh hears the desires of the poor and that the men of earth shall not strike terror in them again. And so... There's, there's this God is king and God is good and therefore we can trust him. And the first of those statements is that God is king and that the nations perish or vanish from the land. And God being the king is all over the scriptures, right? Psalm 29.10, the Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. Exodus 15, 18, in the Song of Moses, the Lord will reign forever and ever. Jeremiah 10, 10, but the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and the everlasting King. At his wrath, the earth quakes and the nations cannot endure his indignation. Lamentations 5, 19, but you, O Lord, reign forever. Your throne endures to all generations. Daniel 4.34, Nebuchadnezzar proclaims uh, that he, I blessed the Lord Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion and his kingdom endures from generation to generation. So God is king. He is ruler over all and he is above all. And the nations perish from his land. And I don't think this is a statement of obliterating non-Jewish nations. It's not, it's not a, a statement of um, ethnic nationalism in a sense. Instead, it's God's people. So God's people in the Old Testament were covenantally tied to him in Abraham and in Moses and in David. And so promises like Deuteronomy 8.20 the nation, like the nations that the Lord makes to perish before you, so shall you perish, because you would not obey the voice of the Lord your God. Statements like that show that God casts out the nations that are against his people. And so now in the new covenant, we appropriate this promise by saying, those who stand against God's people, who are from every tribe and language and nation and people, who people who or anyone wicked who stands against God and his people will perish. The seed of the serpent will not win because the seed of the woman has conquered. 
So now the Lord is king forever and ever pictured in Jesus Christ rising from the dead and seated on his throne in majesty. Jesus is seated as king and all who stand against God and his people will perish. And so this is how we can pray from Psalm 10, verse 16. We can say, oh God, we praise you, our Lord and King. We praise you because you are exalted over all. We pray along with Paul in 1 Timothy 1, to the King of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. And so we praise you for who you are as king over all and above all. And God, no one will stand against you and your people. And so we thank you for that. And we declare our trust in you. Even when things look dire, we know who you are and we trust in you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. That is Psalm 10 verse 16.